<laughs> I told you, each week I'm going to come up with a different intro. That one is... You okay? Jackie, you okay over there? You just your blew all my out. eardrums, but besides that... <laughs> so, this is not Good Morning Vietnam. This is Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of November 16, and I am not Robin Williams. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. And with me, I do not have Forrest Whitaker or somebody else from that movie. <laughs> I don't remember anybody else. Do, do you guys? Nope. Oh, no? man. No. Isn't there, there's got to be somebody else in it. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure there are other people in the movie. I, <laughs> I can't remember. Who well, who is, who is on the podcast? Let's, let's go there. All right. Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. And Jackie Rotaco, account coordinator at Interval. I totally threw you guys off. I can tell. I can see you in the video, and you're both. You're you're doing the figurative version of bleeding out the eyeballs right now, <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to get yourself back on balance after the screaming intro. I know. Well, I apologize for that. I have no eardrums left, but like I said, it's next cool. time. You don't need to hear anything anyway. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump in here. Uh, let's start with uh, something that's been percolating for quite a while now and is starting to boil over. Uh, and I'm going to use uh, my speaking engagement in Chicago last week as the starting point for this. So I was at the Ishmapur conference <laughs> in, oh, where was I? Naperville, which I used to visit Naperville when I was a lad. Ishmapur is the Illinois Society for Marketing, Healthcare Marketing and PR. So a great group. Uh, and I had one of those, I blogged about this, but I had one of those nightmare moments as a speaker where, you know, sometimes you might forget your notes. Uh, one time I actually forgot my pants when I traveled <laughs> to speak. You don't need those. I had to borrow somebody's pants. Well, I mean, I traveled in pants, but not the pants I was going to speak in. So I had to borrow somebody's nicer pants. This time uh, I had planned to give the... Joe Public Doesn't Care About Your Hospital presentation, which I've given a few times. Uh, it's scheduled for an hour. That's typically what, what I'm slotted for. I can stretch it longer with conversation. Thursday before I you know, I was just packing up, I glanced at the agenda and saw that it was actually slated for two hours. So I had a moment of panic trying to figure out how to stretch this. And what I ended up doing was offering to have group therapy with everybody in attendance after my presentation. Uh, so we could talk about all the things that you know, drive us up a wall in healthcare marketing. And there were a lot of things that came up, but the one that came up over and over uh, and that I want to dive into a little bit was this idea of what we're calling ego-driven marketing requests. And we have certainly spent adequate time on this over the years uh, in blogs and in our podcasts. But boy, it sure feels like it's not getting any better. And if anything, it's getting worse. So a lot of the folks at the conference were talking about uh, the challenges of dealing with the CEO that was wanting to do something as ridiculous as putting billboards uh, on his drive home or, uh, you know, all the other litany of things that not just CEOs, administrators, physician leaders do that really aren't smart marketing wise, but fulfill some sort of ego-driven need. Uh, so we, uh, I, I, we blogged about this. There's also a blog from uh, Keith Jennings, who I've mentioned before, 
not too long ago. Was it last week? Good gravy. He's getting a lot of coverage. His blog, po- his blog, Marketing Myopia, came out, his post came out a day after ours, and it was the same topic, completely uncoordinated. His was called The Greatest Marketing Sin Ever. And he kind of goes into a biblical definition of uh, sin, mm-hmm. which comes from separation. And it, But his point is basically when you as a company or as a marketer are separated from your audience and what you do, and the greatest sin is basically creating marketing strategies, tactics, whatever, that are focused on yourself. So if you are the focus of your own marketing, you are creating the greatest marketing sin, according to Keith. Mm-hmm. And I somewhat agree with that. I don't know if it's the greatest marketing sin, but it sure is. If Moses came down from on high with a tablet of the top 10 marketing sins, <laughs> it would be engraved in stone. Right. Don't you think? I think so. Why? So, so before, we, before we get to what we, what we were going to talk about as one solution, what do you think? Do you guys agree that this is not getting any better in our industry, this, this phenomenon? Well, yeah, I don't I don't I can't explain. I have no explanation for it, but it certainly doesn't feel like it's getting any better. I, I don't know what I don't know I don't know what to say other than that, but I I definitely I definitely agree. Jackie, what do you think? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> is your favorite color? <laughs> what were you doing you, over there? You kind of cut out for a second there. We <laughs> I was like, I hope oh, he yeah. doesn't direct Blame that question at <laughs> put, put down the Butterfinger <laughs> pay attention to the podcast. Okay. No, what we were saying is, and you know what? So I'll say, Jackie, we're going to say your answer is yes. <laughs> I just What we're trying to understand is there have just been, maybe it's recently, there's been specific examples of things that marketers have had to do that go against everything that marketing is supposed to do, uh, mm-hmm. the misuse of money, the pursuit of bad marketing strategies, self-promotional, you know, the greatest sin, focusing on ourselves. I mean, even the, I think the Weekly Probe had a feature on that this week uh, from one hospital that took it to the extreme. But but it's everywhere. And, and so right. it's very frustrating when you're, you know, you feel like you're trying to push the right thing and not only do you see folks kind of gravitating toward that, they're almost going the other way. And what, maybe one thing is the economy. I mean, yeah. part, of, part of pushing the right thing is that it takes marketers to do that, right? Because typically you have to rely on the people that know the discipline to, to say, hey, this is what works and what doesn't. But marketers have been uh, disenfranchised over the last year and a half. They've been laid off. They've been reduced in position, uh, budgets have been cut. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of in a foxhole, but, you know, hunkering down and, and maybe the last thing they want to do is stick their head up and say, Hey, that's wrong. Right. When they're afraid it's going to get shot off. And so maybe there's less resistance. You know, I read a, um, I stumbled across, uh, it came from a Twitter post, I think, and I can't remember, uh, who it came from. I believe it was, you know, one of those ones that's always like, how to market your hospital, blah, blah, blah. How to get onto Twitter, blah, blah. It's like, come on, quit regurgitating this crap. But I actually clicked on the link to one which talked about how to use your physicians in advertising. And the reason I clicked on it was because I think it was the same day that we had put up our blog post on um, 
how out of hand and ridiculous this is getting. And I clicked on it because I was like, well, maybe this is um, maybe this is actually examples of, of, of just more of this crap and somebody saying how you shouldn't do it. Um, but in fact, it was somebody saying here's that you should use your doctors and ads and here's how you do it. And actually, as I read that post, for what this person was talking about, it kind of made sense because they weren't referring to, they were talking about small town hospitals, not talking about um, big systems. And I think on, on one level, when it comes to a, a hospital that provides, you know, not, doesn't provide the full spectrum of services, a smaller hospital that probably has to send a lot of work away because they can't handle it, um, in a small community, let's say a community like two or 3,000 people, maybe 4,000, everybody knows everybody, they really value um, the physician that they have or the physicians. Um, I think maybe that's where I would go out on a limb and say that I think it could be okay to promote your physicians and your, as long as it's not all of your advertising all the time because it actually is a big thing to talk about um, in that case. But when it comes to metro areas, large health systems that have a lot to talk about, a lot of cool, unique services, um, man, there's so much to talk about. It just makes me shake my head and uh, roll my eyes when all I see are, you know, ads full of physicians. Mm -hmm. You have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I think, you know, any of these things we rail against, we're, we're railing against the misuse or overuse of them. So there are times where it's appropriate to use billboards. There are times where it's appropriate to promote an award. There are times where it's appropriate to put your physicians or patient testimonial in your advertising uh, there are times where it's appropriate not to pursue social media to its fullest extent. All the things that we that we're talking about, I don't think we're putting blanket statements on them saying you shouldn't do this. Right. Mm -hmm. What's frustrating is when you see them used in inappropriate ways, and and that happens in anything you do. Right. It's just that it's so prevalent. You see so much of it. You see so many. Look at us. You know, hospital ads basically saying, look at us. Look at our physicians. Look at our, look, you know, completely ignoring some of the tenets of marketing, which say, you know, talk about your customer or, or don't talk about your features, talk about your benefits and whatever. Uh, so, so, yeah, there are times when putting a physician in an ad is just fine. Mm -hmm. How you do it, when you do it, where you do it is the, is the key. Uh, well, part, part, of what, part of what our strategy was that I want you guys to weigh in on is this idea, and I'm using war analogies today. I don't know why that is. I had the foxhole thing, uh, but it fits in nicely with this idea of opening a second front. So if, if you consider that your main battle is doing the right thing in marketing, building brand, uh, increasing volumes, uh, increasing patient loyalty, all those things that you should be doing, and you're spending your effort there, uh, these ego-driven requests pull you away from that front. They sap your energy. They sap your supplies, all that. Right maybe there's a way to set up a second front intentionally and have some marketing procedures and policies in place to deal with this instead of just saying no, because over time, if you say no too often to these things, you get squashed. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly not saying yes to all of them because then you're, you start losing the main battle because you're not doing effective things, but finding interesting ways to deal with them. So if a physician really wants to be in his own advertising Instead of creating a whole campaign for it, maybe allow them to participate in developing a small ad or even a, a, a video that you can post on YouTube or something where uh, you're basically placating that need, but you're doing it in a way that minimizes the effort and energy and expense 
so that it doesn't sap the important things you need to do. Mm-hmm. What do you guys, what's your guys' take on that as a kind of almost a political strategy, really? Sounds good to me. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> it was a long question. Sorry. No, I think that sounds like a do you guys think idea. that's Okay, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that's underhanded? What do you mean? Uh, I mean, it's, you know, in a perfect world, you would stand up for what's right. And you would say, no, Dr. X, oh. it's not appropriate that we spend money to put your face on a billboard. So we're not going to do it. And, and in a perfect world, you'd have a CEO that backs you up. In a perfect world, you have a physician that go, you know, you're right. You're the marketing expert. You know, right. I believe you, but, it, but it's not a perfect world. And if you, you can do that sometimes, but if you do it all the time, they will find ways, because you don't hold the power in the organization typically, mm-hmm. they will often find ways to, to, to get you out of the way to do what they want. So instead, you're being somewhat sneaky or underhand and saying, sure, Dr. X, but instead of a billboard, let's run this quarter page ad and you can help to develop it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's kind of a balance. If you do one too many times, if you say no too many times, you know, that's probably not going to fly all the time. And if you you know, are quote unquote underhanded or sneaky or however you said and how you deal with the um, doctors by kind of finding another way. I don't know. I think you just kind of need to balance. Well, it doesn't have to be sneaky. It doesn't have to be sneaky. It's just, do you consider that sneaky? Do you consider it sneaky to almost play games a little bit? Not if there's a balance. this stuff. That's a tough one. I don't... I hate to just I hate to I hate to ask somebody to cave. You know, I I I'm I'm one to always promote sticking to your guns, you know, believing do practice what you preach. Don't back down on that kind of stuff, but at the same time, you know, you have to pick your battles. Go west, young man. Yeah, at the same time, you have to pick your battles. Right. I mean, you can't if that's your right. only battle, then I think you can probably fight it every time, but I have a hard time believing that for most marketers that's their only battle. There're probably a lot of a lot of fires that need putting out and a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of things to deal with. So I don't know. I I guess, I guess I'd have to call it on a situational basis. We, we just know from experience, you're not going to win that every time. And we've got, we've had, we have examples of people we know who have, who have stood up as a strategy and tried to fight for what's right in marketing and literally been run out on a rail from the organization. We've had, I've heard personally CEOs say, you know what? I know that's the right thing to do. I don't give a crap. Do it this way because that will get so-and-so off my back. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not going to win every single one of them. So the question is, do you, do you die on your sword? Do you fall on your sword you know, for the good fight? Or do you find a way to try to still fight the good fight, but when you can't win or when you pick those battles, uh, you minimize them some way? I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. Maybe that's what people do by default anyway. But, but too often... More often, I see people just giving in utterly. Yeah. Well, you it's know, another it's than, another argument for measurement as well. Being good with measuring your activities, so you could probably if if you were if you had five years of measurements to fall back on, and you could go back and look at all of the cam all of the ads that have featured physicians, you might be able to very well might be right. able to show how unsuccessful they have been, or maybe you'll see that they have, uh, for some reason have been successful. And, maybe, right. and then all of a sudden it's something that you want to pursue and keep on and, and continue to do. Right. Um, yes. you know, it, it's hard to argue with, with real 
quantitative information like that. Yep, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. All right, so you know, we'll just we'll see if we get any more feedback on this stuff. But it does seem like we hear more and more of it recently, and and hopefully that's just a short term, or it's kind of anecdotal. It's not an, a long longer term trend, but. Uh, it sure is a shame when you see people having to invest so much of their money to do something for reasons that really are hard to defend. Yeah. Unless there is some kind of data behind it, but typically we know that's not the case. So that is a great strategy to start building your case over time. It takes time, but uh, and maybe you will find that you know, saying that your doctor's board certified across eighteen billboards drives volume <laughs> and differentiates you <laughs> and is unique. <laughs> If you do, let us know. Okay, <laughs> so so let's move on to the next topic, uh, and we need to eat some crow here. I mean, when we're wrong, we admit we're wrong, right? What are we wrong about? Sometimes. Hello. <laughs> yeah. What, what are we? What, was the, what are we wrong? What's the question again? <laughs> well, we're not really wrong. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try to find I'm gonna try to find a way around this. But uh, the biz, business week this week had a huge story called the accidental hero, and as soon as I read it, I knew I thought of Jackie first. Uh, because what it's talking about is the monumental success of five dollar foot long. Oh, no, no, I'm going to have it stuck in my head again. <laughs> yes. Now let me let me tell you what the success means. So this is this is not just advertising. This is where we're going to get around that. Uh, they have generated three point eight. They being Subway, three point eight billion dollars in sales nationwide. From the five dollar foot long alone, mm-hmm. that placing them on the top ten fast food brands in the u s for the year ending in August, and it helped subway lift sales in the United States seventeen percent last year at a time when almost every other restaurant chain other than McDonald's saw a drop so mm-hmm. amazing business success for the five dollar foot long and the article gets into talking about. What happened, it was just some dude in Florida, a, a guy who owns like one subway or a few subways, and he noticed he had a subway in a hospital, which is awesome, so we can tie it back to healthcare marketing. <laughs> he noticed that his sales would drop in the weekend, you know, not surprisingly, because, I don't know, just assume there's not as much activity or something. Yeah. And so he decided to, to do a promotion. And before long, he had people outside the door. The promotion was basically he's going to sell a foot-long sub for five bucks. And the story goes how he tried to run that up the chain of Subway. He tried to, like, say to other, like, the regional director, hey, this is awesome. And they're like, no, that's ridiculous. And they wouldn't do it. And then some other franchisees saw it and did it and had lines out the door. So then they tried to take it up, and it, nobody said yes. And then they tried to take it to national. And the first time they took it to the national level of Subway franchi- franchisees, they voted it down as a national promotion. Mm-hmm. But it just grew and this grassroots thing, it became so successful, they had to change their mind. And it was at that point that they came up with this campaign. So the, the way they describe the campaign, I think is kind of funny. <laughs> so they've got, I won't say who, well, it was MMB is the ad agency. So this was their strategy. This is the, inter- the quote. Let's not overcomplicate this, said managing partner Chad Caulfield. The idea was to use hand gestures and an irritatingly addictive jingle. <laughs> to convey both the price, five fingers, and the product, hands spread about a foot apart. And then it says they shot it on a soundstage, giving the commercial a stylized, campy look. We wanted to create the feeling that this was a movement taking hold. So, hmm. 
I guess what our out is, I would say this was successful despite the advertising. Right. I was just going to say that. Right? Because I think we would all say that if they had come up with some decent advertising, maybe it would have been even better. I'd have to say, though, that the movements typically take hold after having a a, a Subway sub. That's funny. (laughs) You're a funny man. You need to get the wheat buns. (laughs) Well, but I just wonder. Get some of those sprouts in there. I just wonder how much of that is, you know, it doesn't matter what the ad would have been. It's the promotion itself. I mean, I don't know. Right. I mean, that that's what proves it. Right. They they talk about early on. I mean, clearly it was the price point. Clearly it was something about equating an entire sandwich. And they said a lot of people like it because it's so big. For five bucks, you're basically get two meals out of it. Right. So in this economy, you're looking at it like, gosh, I can I can eat now and I can eat later. And it's a $5 price point, mm-hmm. which is some kind of unconscious price point in the consumer's mind, undoubtedly. Uh, and so it had nothing to do with the advertising early on. They talk about how they were they were like putting up these, you know, crudely written signs. And one of them, the guy said it was so bad, it looked like a ransom letter because he had cut out all these things <laughs> and almost putting down the promotional side of it right. and saying it was all about the sale, the price point, and and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah, it's despite the advertising. So maybe in the end we're we're we were correct after all. We don't need to eat crow. <laughs> <laughs> do you so let me ask you this is there some kind of obviously we are not a cross population of the united states we are you know we are very similar demographically psychographically the three of right. us so we're not really a fair mm-hmm. pulling sampling right mm-hmm. i have a certain feel about subway like i do about walmart or <laughs> radio shack do you guys have that feel like That's it's feel. i would never i just don't i, I just don't want to go there it's like the lowest of the low. Yeah, you I know, like I it. think I don't I don't go to Subway because I grew I grew tired of Subway. I used to I used to eat it a lot. I used to eat it in Alexandria when I lived there for a while just cuz it was close and convenient and there really weren't many o- other options um mm-hmm. there. Here there are plenty of other options. I would rather go to Potbelly and get a sandwich mm-hmm. than go to Subway. I would rather go to Potbelly than go to Jimmy John's. Um, the price is pretty much the same, and I'm you could get a much better sandwich at a place like Potbelly. Um, you see, that's the power of branding, because I would go to I go to Jimmy John's every time. I love Jimmy John's. Are their sandwiches that much better than Subway? No, You're, I mean they're good. I think they're been, better, but they're not. Have you been to Potbelly? Uh, I've never been to Potbelly. Oh, you got to go to Potbelly. You'll never go to Jimmy John's again. <laughs> Like don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't mean to rip on Jimmy John's because I love Jimmy John's subs. Um, so I, I guess I, sh- I should. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say you'll never go there again. I think you have to kind of be in the mood for one or the other. There are different kinds of sandwiches, in my opinion. Whose motorcycle is this? It's not a motorcycle. It's a chopper. Whose chopper is this? Zed. Zed's dead, baby. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. As soon as you said potbelly, I went right to pulp. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Sorry. Great scene. I had to, probably had to clarify that reference. For some <laughs> people. Yeah, I, was I don't need to put down Subway or Walmart, but I just, they're, they're, they're basically cost, lowest price options, and that, right. that doesn't drive That's me fair, as an yeah. individual, so I tend to avoid them. Speaking of Walmart, I recently added the people of Walmart.com to my uh, RSS feed under the humor category. If you've never been to people the people of Walmart, if you've never been to the, peop- the people of Walmart.com, you need to check it out. What is it? 
<laughs> is it actually from the people of Walmart, well, or is it? If you've got a computer in front of you, I'd recommend just taking a look at it. It's just it's camera phone. Basically, anybody who's in Walmart who happens to capture a picture of someone just bizarre, they snap a photo and put it That's up on this horrible. site. And some of them... Oh, I bet Walmart loves that. <laughs> that is horrible. And by horrible, I mean I like it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's really evil. Is there a people of Subway? Yeah. There should be people of Subway. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Mean, they've had a. I know what you're saying they, about that, but I, I don't know that if I put Subway on that same tier, yeah, I, put, I, I probably either. put it pretty close. Though I'm not gonna. It's I, I I yeah. It's not far. Well, part of this is that I just hate their advertising and have for years. I, hate I mean, Jared. the whole Jared thing oh, would just drove me batty, and now they got the five long, the five dollar foot long, which. It just makes me cringe. It's so bad. So I equate all that with their food and all that. Now, that's just me. I'm sure there are people who love singing $5 foot long. Well, and I think there are people who literally waited in line to meet like Jared Jackie. and stuff. I mean. Well, I can see how he's an inspiration. I mean, I mean, he's got a pretty, he's got a good story. Well, it's because he, I got sick of he starred in Twilight. I mean, he was. <laughs> Did you say he's in Twilight? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's why, isn't it? <laughs> what the hell? It's the equivalent. If somebody, you know what, for a 40-year-old woman to freak out over the dude in Twilight is no different than somebody standing in line two hours to meet Jared. I don't get it. For a second there, I thought you were implying that Jared was a vampire. <laughs> well, maybe he is. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that, that explains why he's so svelte. <laughs> Do you think they'd come out with a $5 vampire line like Blood Turkey or... All right, we're cutting you off <laughs> no. now. $5 because... vampire. I'm scared. $5 vampire. <laughs> <laughs> well, who would be impressed by a $5 vampire? That's what I'm saying. Vampires are way higher. They're a pot belly. They're not a subway. No, they're... That's like a zombie. Yeah. A zombie is a subway equivalent of a monster. You the vampires way higher have end. officially just like fallen off the wagon. <laughs> Sorry, I go off the deep end. Yes. All right. Well, we better wrap it up. I want to finish. I want to finish with one more thing here. Um, if you're in Minnesota, well, I guess you don't have to be in Minnesota. You could fly in for this event, right? Mm-hmm. But if if you're in in the neighborhood on Wednesday, December second, holy cow, that's in like two weeks. I know, depressing. Yeah. That's very sad. Well, the Minnesota Healthcare Strategy and Communications Network, which stands, which the acronym is Missiskin. <laughs> They're having a, <laughs> it's mission. mission. They're having a holiday program and party on Wednesday, December 2nd at, two, at, at 2009 at 6.30 p.m. at the Chatterbox Pub in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be a blast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They haven't done a lot of <clears throat> events like this. I haven't been to the Chatterbox in a while either. Yeah, it's a fun now, place. Now, is the Chatterbox the same as the Chatterbox in Edina, where they have all the games? Yep. Um, is there How many Chatterboxes are there? Just two? I think there's only like two. I, think, I didn't know there was one in Edina. The one I've been to, I think, is in St. Paul. There's one. Or, or right, that's min, this so, one. Sorry, so, South Minneapolis. Right. It's like in a residential now, what's area. What's the difference? <laughs> what's the difference between that and Edina? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Regardless, they both yeah, have Yeah, because that one's more like, um, right. Well, the one in South, I think it's South Minneapolis, is more like a, um, kind of like you're hanging out in your friend's basement. 
There's like big old. Right. I mean, I guess the other the other one is it's got a sim- similar feel, but it's kind of like a little more forced. It's like yeah. a it's like a big old restaurant that was turned into the um, given that chatterbox feel with the console TVs and the Atari twenty six hundred sitting around. Um, Which one is like that? The one in South Minneapolis, you know? Yeah, I think that's the first one. Don't quote me on the that. The one in St. Paul is the second wrong. one. Cuz I used to live okay, like a black yeah. from it. And they kind of modeled it Okay, they modeled it after that one. Mm-hmm. So which one's more like a restaurant and which one's more natural? The one in St. Paul, I believe, is the one that's just a little more forced. Yeah. And the one okay. that's in South Minneapolis is the one that was like the I think it was the first one. So it's just it's a little more like genuine for that kind of a feel. If you, I mean, it's it's. I guess it's easier to experience it than to explain it. They're well, both good though. Okay. They're both they're both cool. They're both a lot of fun. <laughs> well, no matter where it was at, it's going to be fun. But I but it is cool that you you could have it at a place where you could just break up into small groups and play Yahtzee. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to get too many people into the one in South uh, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. The one in Saint Paul is much bigger. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we encourage you to sign up. I mean, there's a. I think it's a. If you're a member, twenty bucks, and if you're not, twenty five, and it includes right. uh, some a buffet and a drink and a program and good times and Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't pay for that? <laughs> It'll be fun to get out and about. <laughs> actually, I was going. You don't pay th- for Yahtzee? No, I think I, I think I might have bought the Yahtzee iPhone app. Actually, I love Yahtzee. <laughs> so there's proof that I would pay for Yahtzee. Except, what did you pay for the app? I think I did. Uh, I've got so many damn apps on here now. I don't even know. Where, I don't know. Yeah, that is a problem. Maybe that's fodder for the next podcast. We should probably sign off. I don't know how long we've been yapping, <laughs> but it's been a long, long five dollars. Long. <laughs> well, we're just at about a half hour. Yeah, we're getting chippy too. It's the end of the day, so let's wrap it up. All so right. for healthcare, Subway, Chatterbox, Insights, <laughs> this is Chris Bevelo, Adam Meyer, Jackie Retackle. Good evening! <laughs> <laughs>